couple weeks ago, Mel and I had the opportunity of being on our, well, it's in our part of our bucket list. Mel, when she was in college, worked at the end of the Gunflint Trail, which is in Minnesota, eastern Minnesota. And we've always talked about the opportunity of me going and seeing that. So we finally made it up there a couple weeks ago. And we were staying in a bed and breakfast, and we met this other couple. It was Kurt and Kathleen. And as we started talking with them, we found out they were fellow believers. And not only fellow believers, we also found out that Kurt was an orthopedic surgeon. So while we were there eating breakfast and all, all of a sudden, Barb, she was the host of the bed and breakfast, her employee comes in and starts talking. And just her and him are chatting, and we hear this story. Now at their bed and breakfast, they had the bed and breakfast, but they'd started it out as a, a hiking place of which they built yurts at certain distances. So you could, do, in the wintertime in particular, you could do your cross-country skiing, go from yurt to yurt. And as her employee's talking, he identifies there's this man who had fallen, somehow they thought broken his ribs, and was resting in one of these yurts out in the forest. And Barb identified there was no way an ambulance could go and check on him. And so they give him permission just to stay there and to rest and to heal up until he thought he was able to get out because they would have to carry him out. There was no way else to get him out. Well, as Kurt listened to this, he, he suggested maybe that he could go and check on this friend of theirs. And uh, they were leaving that morning and, and Barb looked at him and said, no, 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 you're leaving. You don't have time to do this. And, and Kurt assured her, he had time. He could do this. And after he said that, she looked at him and said, you know, you're just so kind and generous. Made me start wondering, what does kindness look like? When somebody tells you that you're kind, what comes to your mind? If somebody told you we want you to be kind, what would you tell them to do? You raise your children. You're always telling your kids you need to be kind to one another. But what's that really look like? It's interesting how the scriptures go about and describe kindness. It comes along and deals with the idea that you're someone who's going to be considerate of other, other people. Well, you're going to show a concern. You could actually be sympathetic. And somehow you're responsive to them in some way. Or it also defines it, the idea that it's a benefit that you bring to other people by your action that you do. That's what kindness is. In fact, when it's used to people, instead of just saying you're kind, if you meet somebody who's really kind, you start talking about, wow, they just seem to be an honest person. They just seem to be a care. Use these, all these other words to describe being kind. Now, it's interesting. In the New Testament, there's two verses that help us understand what kindness is and what it looks like. The first one we're going to look at is found in Romans 11, verse 22. So if you turn your Bibles with me to Romans 11 and verse 22. Here's what we read. Note then the kindness and the severity of God Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. It gives us a contrast. 
You have the contrast with somebody being kind and severity. I want you to think about what that may look like. When all of a sudden we talk about somebody who's not kind, we start thinking about severity, all of a sudden you think about the tone of voice they may use when they talk with you. Oh, there's the tone of the kind person. But when there's severity, there's a tone that they have. Uh, When you think of severity, there's also the body language they can have. Oh, they may say one thing, but as you watch their body language, you know they mean another thing. And you see the severity in their body language. You get the tone, the body language, and even the very words they use. Those words that they use that sort of trigger frustration, disappointment, even anger in you. Because you hear that severity. Somehow they're disappointed and not showing you kindness. Therefore, when we think of kindness, there's a contrast. There's the opposite. That somehow our tone of voice can tell people if we're kind. Somehow our body language can tell people if we're kind. Somehow the very words we're going to use tell people if we are kind. But there's a second verse. It's in Romans also. Romans 2 verse 4. Why don't you turn there with me as well. This verse gives us the power of kindness. I don't know if you ever think of it that way. That kindness actually has power in what it can do. That it's not just an attitude that we have. It's just not a way we express things. But it really has power to accomplish something. Here's what it says. Romans 2 verse 4. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness? And forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Wow. That identifies that if somebody's doing something wrong, that somehow kindness can come in and prompt them to repent. That God identifies even in our walk with Jesus Christ, when all of a sudden we're walking and doing some sinful thing, something wrong. That God's kindness can come in and turn us and change us into repentance. Now for some of us this is hard. Because our personality is not one that comes across with if somebody's doing something wrong to show them kindness. Some of us have a personality that if we see somebody doing something wrong it's to what? Tell them they're doing something wrong. And we want to make sure they know they're doing something wrong. And, and it's interesting. The scriptures say, boy, you know what? Kindness can actually turn somebody around and change who they are. Kindness can cause repentance and somebody walking in a different way. Oh, at parents, we'd love this, wouldn't we? To think at times our kindness can turn the hearts of our children and bring them back. And that conflict with our spouse, because we have conflicts with our spouses, to realize at times our kindness can turn their hearts back. To realize with fellow believers in the body of Christ that we differ on things about. Oh, those things that frustrate us when somebody forgets something, they're late for a meeting, they, they don't show up, they forget to call. Oh, you know all those things that frustrate us. 
to realize scripture and look in kindness has the power to actually turn and change people and bring them to repentance. Those are some exciting values that you have. Here's kindness at work. It's not severity. Here's kindness at work. It's got this power to change. Well, you sort of describe, define kindness. Kindness is, is a concern for others that benefit them and also have the power to change them in their daily life. Now we're going to look at a story that I think describes this for us from the life of Jesus. So I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. Here's what we read. And they were bringing children to him so that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands upon them. You get the picture? Somehow Jesus comes walking through this community. As he comes walking through the community, people hear he's there. Parents start showing up with their children with their children, intending for them to have the children come up and meet Jesus. That speaks volume, doesn't it? To think if you want to be Christ-like, children should feel comfortable around you. If you want to be Christ-like, somehow children should be attracted to you because of who you are. Somehow Christ-likeness attracts children to you. That somehow they sense there's something in you. There's some kindness. There's some goodness. There's some love. There's something in you that attracts children to Jesus. So the parents are there. The children are there. And then what happens? The disciples are there. You can see the disciples sort of huddled around Jesus. You can see them making that line in front of him. Do not enter They are not permitting the kid. Kids come running. Whoa, whoa, stop, 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 stop. You can't go see Jesus. And they are stopping, not just stopping them. You get this tone of severity, don't you? Rebuking them. They're just not stopping the kids. They're telling the kids, you can't do that. You can't go up and see Jesus. No, 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 you stop here. You cannot do that. And they're rebuking him. Jesus finally stops the disciples And changes them and says, let the kids come up. So the kids come up. And what do they do? Jesus actually takes them and holds them. Blesses them. Puts his arms around them. Isn't this a wonderful picture? The love of Jesus Christ for children. And then he turns to the people and instructs them. You want to know how to follow me? It's going to be just like this child. This childlike faith who, when they saw me, came running up to me, trusting me to know that I would embrace them and love them. 
and bless them and forgive them. That's what faith is all about. Just like that. And we see the kindness of Jesus here. Can I make three observations for you? What kindness looks like? As you watch Jesus in this story, the first thing is to know the power of presence. Look, Jesus was just there, didn't say a word. Just his presence drew all these parents and kids to Jesus. Kindness provides just the power of presence. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been in a hard time, a difficult time in your life. Some loss or something you face. Just really struggling with something. You're not looking for anybody to talk to you. You've heard enough words. And some friend shows up. And all they do is sit with you. They don't talk with you. They don't do anything. They just show up. And later on that day, you're talking with your friends. You start talking to them and say, boy, it was really a good day. But you know, when Bob or Susie came by, it just meant so much to me. Folks, there's something about the power of presence. Jesus understood that. Just his presence, just his presence demonstrated kindness. You want to show kindness to somebody? Just keep in mind, just your presence. Oh, we've learned this recently, haven't we? How many of us have missed birthday parties, anniversaries, weddings, funerals? Go through your list. Retirement parties. However, what did we come up with? Somebody came up with a brilliant idea. Let's have a drive-by birthday party. What is that? Well, you know what it is. 500 cars line up. You sit there on your porch. You wave as people go by. And you know what? You may not have heard a word that they said. But you know what I'm talking about. It's the power of your presence. The power of presence shows kindness. If you were one of those recipients, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You remember the people. In fact, you go, I'm surprised that so-and-so came by. Surprised by the kindness Just the kindness of presence. Oh, folks, let's not forget the power of presence. Just showing up. How many grandkids have benefited from grandmama, granddad, who shows up at their play, at their recital, at their ball game? And you know, his grandparents... I know you're going to go and hug your high school kid and he doesn't want it done, but, 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 you know, you don't even have to talk to him and they're aware you were there. You've experienced the same thing. Just surprised that someone showed up by the kindness of their presence. But, but there's a second thing that happened here. There's also Jesus's words. Listen to what he said. Permit the children to come to me. How kind that is. They're being stopped by the disciples. They're being told they can't go. And now they hear these wonderful words of Jesus. These kind, inviting 
words. Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter at all. There's the power. Kindness is shown by the power of your words. We all know what kind words sound like. And we all know what harsh words sound like. And all of a sudden to realize your words, your words can show kindness. And we've struggled again. How do I show kindness to people in the days that we live? How do I give words to people in a day like this? Oh, folks, we live in a time there are so many avenues of using our words, our words to show kindness. Oh, there is the face-to-face. Go out for a cup of coffee with a friend. Sit down and share some kindness that way. But we also know when all of a sudden it's our birthday, anniversary, or just any day of the week, we open up our phone and we go, and there's a text, a text from a friend, a quote of scripture, a phrase they're going to pray for us, that they're thinking about us, and the kindness that we hear through the words. Or you can actually send an email with more words. Or you can post on their Facebook, although I'm not sure likes and hearts really count, but you can. And of course, if you made that wonderful investment during this time, I think the stock has gone way up in Hallmark. You can always send a card. And somehow the impact those words have. My wife is a card sender. She learned it from her mom. I remember at her mom in North Dakota, they, you have two funerals in North, North Dakota services. Yeah, what started off as a family service. It's the night before the real funeral. But with so many people working, it, it sort of grew from just a family service to when her mom passed away. There were 150 people there. I think the funeral the next day had an, another 150 people. But, but that family service is really um, a little lighter, not, not, not as organized. Well, it's organized, but very informal. That's what I would say. So the pastor looks out on this congregation of 150 people. And he says to them, how many of you have ever gotten a note from Agnes? That's Mel's mom's line, from Agnes. Every hand in the room went up. When my dad passed away, now you have to understand, I cringe every time Mel goes into Hallmark to buy cards. I didn't buy the stock. I should have. And, and I cringe, but I still remember when my dad passed away. I remember coming home and all these cards. You know what? I was fine if all they did was sign the bottom of it. There was power. There is power in your words. Kindness. 
kindness is by the power of your presence. Kindness is by the power of your words. But kindness is always by the power of your actions. Notice what Jesus did here. He just didn't say they could come up. He let them come up. Think about this. Well, we see that picture. We've probably all seen that painting. Kids on Jesus' knee and sitting around him. But his arms around kids. His words to the kids. Blessing them, praying for them. Kindness is action. Oh, just think through some of the kindnesses that you have felt, sensed, or received. It's action. I remember hearing a pastor one time. You know, you're always wrestling God's will. What should I do? What shouldn't I do? What should I do? What should I do? And his conclusion was this. He said, hey, Mike, just follow your good intentions. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? You hear something, you think to yourself, you know, I should drop them a note. I should bring them a meal. I should go by and see them. You think about and think about you figure, oh, I don't know. They don't know me that well. They probably wouldn't want me there. And you talk yourself out of it. You talk yourself out of showing kindness to other people. We actually do that. How do I know that? That's what I do. And all of a sudden to pause and realize, no, you need to show kindness. You need to show kindness. Oh, and some of you are so good at this. All we have to say as a church is, someone needs a meal. (laughs) You're the first one to sign up. Why? You show kindness by bringing a meal. During this time period, we have somebody in the church here who lines up a ministry. For those folks who cannot get out and do not have internet, what do those folks do? How do they hear the message and stay connected? They do it because there's somebody here who after recording that message makes them a CD, they make them something. Not only something, they get a bag. In that bag are some goodies. Oh, sometimes it's some sausage and ham. Other times it's flowers. And the bags are set on the front porch and they ring the doorbell and I think they run away. I've talked to these people. They've commented to me about, they're just surprised by this kindness on Sunday afternoon when this bag comes to their house and they're pleased and thankful for what? The kindness shown to them. Oh, Jesus just demonstrates what kindness looks like. Oh, kindness. Kindness is that consideration we give to others that benefits them. And can bring change in their life. So Dr. Kurt and his wife hopped in their car. They drove down and we were down gravel roads. We were three miles down gravel roads off the Gunflint Trail. He drove to the destination as close as he could get to this guy. And he had over a half a mile walk into the forest to this yurt. He walks there, checks out the guy, and comes back to tell Barb about her friend. He came into the house, and I said to him, I said, so what did you just find out? And he shared with us, he said, yep. I got there and checked him out, and sure enough, his ribs are broken. 
What I told him he needed to do, he needed to get out of there and get checked out. And Barbara instructed him to just rest, just lay down and keep resting. And Kurt told Barb that he had told him, don't lay around or your lungs will fill up with fluid. You need to get up and move. And Barb thanked him for what? Changing his behavior that he could be healthy. The power of presence. The power of words. The power of action. And Dr. Kurt demonstrated all that. We're called to be kind. One of the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Is incumbent upon us. Generated by the Holy Spirit. So if you're a kid in here today or youth. I want you to look at your brother or sister if you have one. Now, if you're the oldest one, you know sometimes it's really hard to show kindness to your younger ones because they, they are, well, you know what they are. And if you're the youngest one, you know how hard sometimes it's to show kindness to those older ones. And if you're the worst one, if you're the middle one, it's just difficult. But here's what the scriptures want you to know. You're to show kindness to your brothers and sisters. No husbands, we're at a great risk. First Peter 3 talks about as husbands were to love our wives in an understanding way. It goes far, so far to say we're to be kind-hearted to our wives. What if we're not? It says our prayers will not be answered. Men, listen to me. If you're not showing love Kindness to your wife. I don't care how great spiritual leader you are, your prayers are not going to be answered unless you show kindness. There's a cost. Show kindness to your wife. <laughs> Wives, you don't get out of this. Titus 2 tells older women to teach younger women to be kind. To their husbands. Why? So they do not bring a distraction to the word of God. In other words, as people watch you as a wife. And you say you're a follower of Christ. And you don't show kindness to your husband. How you talk about him. It's a distraction of the word of God. And it makes it devoid. Men. If we don't listen. And show kindness to our wives. Everybody can watch us. That's why your prayers aren't being answered. And then we as parents, it tells us we're not to exasperate or bring our kids to anger, showing them kindness. What's the outcome if we forget to do that? The problem is we don't show kindness to our kids. They're going to lose heart and kindness, how we talk, our presence. Our actions causes our kids not to lose heart, but encourages them in their walk with Christ. And for all of us as fellow believers, 
Uh, we're all under a lot of stress, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of frustration, a lot of disappointment. But you know what sets us apart? When we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, as it were, kind to one another. No matter what our convictions are, no matter what we're thinking, no matter what we hope for, no matter what we think is going on, we show kindness to one another with our presence, with our words, with our actions. So kids and youth, be kind. Husbands, be kind to your wife. Wives, be kind to your husbands. Parents, be kind to your kids. Fellow believers, be kind to one another. What the Holy Spirit telling each and every one of us is to remember, we need to be kind. Let's close in a word of prayer. Oh Lord, to think such a simple word as kind has such dramatic, dramatic impact on lives. How each one of us here knows of somebody who's been kind to us. And out of that kindness, it prompted us in an encouraging way. It may have pulled us out of some grief. It may have brought us some comfort. It may have assured us that we're loved. It may have demonstrated to us that they've embraced us with their arms like Jesus. And as a result, Lord, that kindness has changed us. And benefited us. And for that we give you thanks. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Now if you're sitting there. If you reach down on the floor. You'll find there's a communion cup. By your seat. A little plastic one like this. That has inside the bread. And the juice. As a church, we practice an open Lord's Supper. What does that mean? That means anybody who's a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ is invited to partake with us. You don't have to be a member of our church. But as we would say, you have to be a member of the church. That is that you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You understand the forgiveness of your sins. And therefore, it represents that your faith in Christ and your relationship with him. And we ask you if you're not a believer, if you don't know Christ, and you're just... On that new journey, we ask you not to participate. Because it actually identifies that you can incur a judgment upon yourself. And because of that, the scriptures also tell us we need to examine ourselves before we partake of communion. What does that mean? Well, you may just want to reflect today on our message. Ask yourself, have you been kind to those around you this morning? Have you been kind this past week? Is there something you need to confess to the Lord saying, hmm, Lord, my walk with you hasn't been quite what it's supposed to be. Or maybe spiritually you're not connected as you know you should be. Or maybe there's some sin 
It's really clear. You, you, you know the sin. That's just something you need to confess. And before you partake in this, you need to take that time with the Lord to prepare your heart. So we're going to go to silent prayer for you to examine your heart, and then we'll partake together. So let's go to prayer.